0: We don't want to see these kids have to deal with that stuff. Kids want to be kids. And so we're going to just believe that, that tonight is taken care of in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember what we said Sunday, walking in that amen. I'm thankful for what God's doing in our, our services and the way he spoke to us. And I'm thankful for the shouting and running and everything that God does, people getting baptized, feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful, Brother Larry, that word you preached Sunday, refusing those chains. Hope you've been throwing your chains down this week, getting them out of your life. It was tremendous, and I I appreciate the wisdom that Brother Larry uh, brought to us and preached to us and appreciate his family so much. Tonight, uh, Brother Nathaniel's going to be speaking to us, and he's already shared a little bit with me tonight. I want you to be ready to hear what the Lord's going to say to you. And then I want you to be ready to react to it. Because I believe God's got something for us tonight. Brother Nathaniel, come on tonight. Let's give the Lord a hand clap as he comes. Let's preach with him. Let's listen. And let's respond to it tonight in Jesus' name. Thank
1: you, I love you, Oh. Praise the Lord, church. First of all, I want to. Thank pastor for another opportunity to be used of the Lord behind this pulpit. I don't take it lightly. Mm. Oh boy. Tonight, um, I want to start us off with a little bit of an icebreaker. Because this is going to be a deep, a deep service. So I want you to look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am rack." And tell your neighbor, you crack. Tell your neighbor, I love you and I need you. Uh, Tonight I'm going to be going outside of my comfort zone. And I don't mean to be crude or vulgar with anything that I say. But this is a word that God's been working on me. And it's for this church. And if you respond tonight, I promise you that the devil's going to leave with more than a black eye. I promise you that there's going to be things birthed tonight if you react to the will of God. Mm. Oh, Jesus. I'd like us to uh, turn to Genesis 30. Verses 1. Say amen when you're there. Amen. And Rachel, when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, Am I in God's stead who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, Behold my maid, Billa, go in unto her. And she shall bear upon my knees that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Billah, her handmaiden, to wife, and Jacob went in unto her, and Billah conceived and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. And Billah, Rachel's maid, conceived again and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestling have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And, when she, and, when, and she called his name Naphtali. I'm going to skip uh, down to verse 22. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, "The Lord shall add to me another son." I'm going to move to uh, Jeremiah, just to add in one more verse or a couple verses. Uh, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you," saith the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." And shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. Let's pray for this word tonight, Jesus.
2: We come before you tonight, Lord. Lead us and guide us, Lord. Let your word fall on good soil. Open our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for what you're about to do in this place tonight, God. I praise your holy name. I praise your holy name.
1: I thank you for it, Jesus. In your name, Lord. In your name. In your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, before our text... In Genesis, we know the story of of the family. And if you don't know the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses, and all of that, I'm not going to go through every bit of it tonight. But we're going to go through a good chunk. (laughs) Um, In Genesis 12, God made some promises to Abraham. He promised him that his seed was going to be... More than the sands of the sea, more than the stars in the sky. Promise one, And then he also made a promise. He brought him into a land and showed him the land. And he said, your seed is going to possess the land. Well, Abraham had Isaac. There's the beginning of a nation. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Now we've got two sons. And then Jacob is where we're at right now, with Rachel and Leah. We see Leah has been having children. Rachel is barren. In previous scripture, it tells us that Leah was fair, fair fair-eyed, but she was hated of Jacob. But it says that Rachel was beautiful, well-favored, and greatly loved of Jacob. So, taking a look through Rachel's eyes and the situation. She's living, faithful, loyal to her husband. She's not doing any sins. So why is she not bearing children? She goes to her husband and cries out to him, Give me children lest I die. And Jacob says to her, he's like, am I in God's stead? Am I as of God that's withholding children from you? Why are you, you know, coming after me? And he got angry with her. Well, in all actuality, if we look at the scripture and take it apart and see what's actually happening here, Jacob really is the reason that Rachel's not having children. It's not because they're not trying for children, but it's rather because Jacob's heart is not right with God. You see, if our heart's right with God, there won't be hatred between us. There was hatred causing division, so much so that Rachel was beginning to envy. The Bible says she envied her sister. And so, of no fault really of Rachel's, she's pitted against her sister. She looks at Leah and she sees Leah being used of God. She's being blessed of God. She's having children, and these children aren't just children, okay? Rachel, Leah, no. There's been a promise made to generations before that these children that are conceived and born are going to become a part of a great nation. And so Leah is being used, and, and Rachel's like, my, not, my name's not going to men- be mentioned later on because I'm not having anything. And so she says, you know what? Since this is a God thing, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. She says, here, take my handmaiden. And through ways of the flesh, she tries to overstep what God's saying, what God's allowing, and she says, take my handmaiden and give children. And you, we, the scripture says that right away, Billah has two children by Jacob. <laughs> and... These, these children, they're going to be tribes of Israel, right? But they're not Rachel's children. No matter how they were birthed or conceived, they are not Rachel's children. They're Billis. So as, as we look into this, into our own lives, of what we would do day to day, let's turn this into today, right? So we're Rachel, we're looking in our brother or our sister in Christ is being anointed and used of God mightily. But I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm reading my Bible on a daily basis, but there doesn't seem to be anything happening yet in my life. Don't force God's hand. Don't try to conceive things through the natural realm. Wait on God. He will birth. He will conceive things in you. Amen? So now, we jump forward to verse 22. God remembers Rachel. And Rachel conceives and bears a son named Joseph. And then, as, as Joseph's born, she says, God will add to me another son. And true to statement, God does allow Rachel to conceive and bear again. And this second son we know is named Benjamin. But tragically, she dies giving birth to Benjamin. And I I looked at that and I had to ask myself, we know Joseph and Benjamin's story forward, but, but let's look at Rachel still. God knows he wants 12 tribes of Israel. Because Rachel didn't have patience, didn't wait on the Lord. She did things in the natural realm. Could God have cut her life short at Benjamin? Instead of using her to give more tribes to Israel, instead of using Billah, that Rachel could have been blessed and used of God in more realms. But because she didn't wait on the Lord, she cut her own self short. <clears throat> As in the physical realm, the spiritual realm mirrors almost indefinitely. <laughs> and so, in the physical realm, we know conception, gestation, and birth. So so goes in the spiritual realm. God will conceive things in us. He will conceive things into the church. He will conceive things into a state, a nation. And then there's a gestation period for whatever's conceived. And that gestation period isn't stuck to nine months as in the human realm, but there is going to be a gestation period before anything can be birthed. So knowing that, let's get to Joseph. We know Joseph was used to spare the nation of Israel from a great famine, right? God brought him into Egypt. Then he had Israel and his 11 brothers follow with everything they had. Once they got into Egypt, they were spared of the famine. And then God began to grow Israel. They no longer were one son, two sons, twelve sons, but now they, the Bible tells us that they became a great and mighty people. So much so that they started to scare the Egyptians a little bit. And so the Egyptians said, hey, let's, uh, let's put a cap on this and enslave and, and these people, oppress these people. Now, on the outside look, this might be a nation trying to defend itself from another nation within. But this is the conception of the next promise. You see, there was a completion of the first promise. Israel has become a great nation, and they are maybe not without numbers, but they're great enough to where the most powerful entity on earth in the physical realm is scared of them. So they, the first promise, we're calling it answered second promise is conceived. You see, this, this promise was going to have a spiritual realm and a physical realm because this isn't just any people. This is God's chosen people. There's going to be a purpose and a reason why everything from here on out happens to these people. To begin a growth process... God needs you to start from scratch. So enslaving the Israeli people, he humbled them. He began a humbling process. As they began to be humbled and and be broken, until they cried out like, okay, God, we need an answer. We need an answer. And so the next step comes really the true conception is there's a child born and this child isn't just any child, but this child is going to be a chosen child. His child's name, as we know, is Moses. God goes through his own birthing process, gestation process through Moses as he takes Moses from a nobody, a slave girl's son, right? I mean, let's be real. And he, he raises this, this slave's son up to be a prince with Egypt, a prince with the power that's oppressing his own people. And then God takes Moses and brings him into his own humbling process. He brings him out as a shepherd. He teaches Moses leadership. He treat, teaches Moses trust and love and a relationship with God. After Moses goes through this process, God brings him back and sets him up to be the leader of Israel. And so, Moses goes in, and here's the gestation period for the nation of Israel. They've been humbled. They now have a leader, and they now are seeing light that there's a possible promise that The promise made to Father Abraham is going to be born soon. But there's so much more to go, to grow inside of the nation. God starts off with ten plagues against the nation of Egypt. On a front, we see God maybe, say, adding annoyance after annoyance after annoyance onto the nation of Egypt. Egypt, until finally they break and say, Okay, go and worship your God. That's not really what's happening here. If you do a study, every single plague that God sent against the nation of Egypt was a plague against one of their gods. The Egyptians served many, many gods, and I mean, they had a God of the river, they had a God for night. They had a God for prosperity, a God for their crops, a God for life. a god. For, they had a God for everything. And so God was doing twofold. He was showing the Egyptians that I'm more powerful than the ones you worship. But there's also a second thing that if you look into it, Israel has been in Egypt for a long, long time. If you stay in the enemy's camp long enough, even if it's in a period of frustration, the enemy's influence might start getting into your own life and your own home, right? And so not only is God showing the Egyptians, hey, I'm it, that's it, but he's also teaching his children to trust him. He's teaching the nation of Israel that I am that I am. And he's pulling out any influence from the Egyptian gods, and he's preparing them, setting them up. Once they have been removed out of Egypt, they are now in the wilderness heading towards the promised land. They are going into the next step of the gestation period. This gestation period is going to be where God Starts to teach them laws, and what he's doing is he's he's not just putting laws as a burden, but he's saying, "What can I trust these Israelis for? What can can I count on them to serve me with all, their whole heart? Can I count on them to seek after me? Can I count on them to to just love me with all of that they are that that they will." Truly allow me to be their God. We know that they move in and camp at the base of Mount Sinai. And at the base of Mount Sinai, we know Moses goes up into the mountain to commune with God. And while he does, the wickedness that's still in Israel comes and shows itself. This is a period where God's like, okay, I've already removed the wickedness of Egypt out of them. But there's a wickedness that's just the Israeli wickedness that needs to be removed from my people. And he removes them rather, rather thoroughly. And then he sets up the Ten Commandments. He gives them laws to follow by. So now we see the nation of Israel is primed. They're ready. Oh, they've gained a love and a trust for God. They bicker. They complain at every single turn. But they're ready for the promise to be birthed. They're great with child. Mm -hmm. But there's still something that's been harbored in their hearts. Because we see the nation of Israel come up to the Jericho. and, and, And they send spies in it. And God's like, yes, this is it. I'm going to be able to give birth to the promise. The second promise is going to be fulfilled unto, Israel, unto Abraham and through Israel, Abraham's seed. I've made a great nation, and now they're going to have a land to call their own. And he says, go in and take it. That's all you've got to do is walk in and take it. Oh, but there's doubt, there's fear and there's lack of faith. Israelis go in, and they see giants. What's a giant? I mean, you just literally decimated the entire military of the strongest nation in the entire world of that time. And you go in, and you're afraid of giants. A little giant in God's eyes. And so, with one word... No, they abort a child that's been birthed and conceived the gestation period's ready and God's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready and they kill their own promise in their lives. Because of this, the next generation has to spend 40 years in a desert. Mm. They spend 40 years in the desert waiting for God to remove lack of faith doubt and fear out of their nation 40 years they wander in the wilderness oh but there's something else other than removal that's being happening in these 40 years and this this is this gestation period is so beautiful to me because you see in those 40 years their eating habits changed they were no longer eating the bread of man. They were eating the bread of God the entire time that they were in the wilderness. Their sleeping habits were forced to be changed, because, you know, in Egypt they I mean, the Bible tells us they put blood on the doorpost, so we know they had houses. They had a nice, comfortable bed to sleep in, but no, no, now, now they, they're sleeping on a rough blanket. Out in the desert, it's uncomfortable, it's, un, it, it's unfamiliar. You see in a true pregnancy, in a real life pregnancy, your eating habits change. Your sleep gets interrupted. Oh, you're, you're uncomfortable because there's something growing inside of you. In a spiritual realm, your eating habits will change. You'll start setting aside the food of the flesh and start taking in the Word of God. You will start having your sleep disturbed. You, you'll find that God's going to start waking you up to burn the midnight oil in prayer and communion with Him. Oh, and I trust me, your life... It's going to get so uncomfortable. But there's something, something that's growing inside of you. Something that's like,
2: I'm, need, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to give birth to this.
1: Mm. Oh, and why I had us clarify that we, each and every one of us is wreck. And each of each other and each of us need each other is because this is the point that God has set me up for tonight. Mm. Rack. Rack, you are pregnant. Mm, You are so pregnant. There's an anointing that's been conceived. There's been a gestation period that's been going on. Oh, RAC. Like the second generation of Israel, we are standing at Jericho's wall. God looked at the second generation of Israel, and he said, you know, the first generation, I was just going to say, here, come in and take it. Oh, but the second generation, God said, I learned my lesson the first time. This time, you've got to prove to me that you're going to trust me, and that you're going to obey me. And so he told the Israel children... I want you to walk around Jericho. For seven days, first six days, one time, silent. Don't say a word. Don't make a sound. The seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. And on the seventh time around, I want you to lift up a cry of worship and praise. And in the moment of crying out, there's going to be something birthed in your nation. Your promise is going to be fulfilled. Oh, RAC, we are standing, right now we're standing at the walls of Jericho. I talked with Pastor about this. This is not something that's been done, like, I can honestly say it's been decades since I've seen it. As in, I was like this when I saw this last. But there's a thing that would happen, we would do in old Pentecost. It's called a victory march. Tonight, God placed in my heart, he said, Rack is ready to give birth. But I need to see if they're ready to obey and trust me. He said, let's do a victory march around the church. And when it's time,
2: Let out a cry of travail, of worship to me, and you will have birthed in you things that you can't even imagine. Oh, there's giants. Like Pastor said, there's giants standing in front of us. There's giants of cancer. Oh,
1: there's giants of lost family. Family members that have messed their own lives up so bad that you're like, God, how can you promise? Answer the promise to say that my whole family will be saved. Oh, but are we ready to trust him tonight?
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sister Walden, I don't know if you want to play music when we do this. Or if we would just want to take up and say, okay, who's going to join me? On a victory march for Oh, I want to have a liberty over cancer I want to have a liberty over the lost loved ones I want to Oh, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus
3: Hallelujah, Lord, we magnify, we glorify, we trust you, Lord, we trust you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord,
4: thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Fill this
3: place with your glory, fill this place with your
2: Oh, thank you, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. oh
3: yes. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! There's a change. Oh. God, oh. we worship, we magnify, we glorify
0: come on somebody cry out to God God's birthing and anointing giftings hallelujah God's answering prayer come on somebody lift your voice church lift your voice believe it
3: In this place, there is healing power in this place. There's victory in this place. Yeah. Somebody ought to dance before the Lord. Thank you Jesus, hallelujah, yes. thank you Lord, thank you Lord,
0: oh. hey, listen now, you just keep going, you're going to find a spot where you're going to stop and you're going to reach up and you're going to take what God's got for you, he didn't ask me to tag in, but I feel like the Lord would, would have us know that after those walls came down, he said they went straight up. So they went up, and they went in, and they took the spoil. They took what God had for them, and God began to do great things in them. When you feel that drop, you go ahead, and you just lift your hands, and you just cry out. You take what God's got for you. You take that victory tonight. You take that healing tonight. You take that anointing tonight, that ministry tonight. You take that gifting. You take that boldness in the Spirit. You take that deliverance. That's it. ha Yeah. That's it. Go ahead now and begin to rejoice in the Lord. You've been through it. You've been waiting, but now it's here. Woo! Yeah, that's it. Begin to lift the praise to God. He's given you victory. He's proved himself. Just do what he asks, and he'll come through. That's it. Woo. Woo! Oh, how long's it been since you danced before the Lord? How long's it been? Woo. Hallelujah. Come on. God's loosening things in this house right now. Hallelujah. God's loosening you in this house right now. Want you lay hands on somebody and begin to pray with them? Find your friend. Find your brother. Speak a word of faith into them right now. God's loosed you. It's birthed in you right now. God's put a word in your mouth, in your spirit. Speak it out. God's put an anointing on you. Use it right now.
3: I'm going to make it in the name of Jesus. No more sickness in the name of Jesus. I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. It will not stay in this place. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. my heart to the depths of my soul yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord I'll do what you want me to do I'll go where you want me to go I'll stay where you want me to stay God just use me use me deliver me Lord hallelujah I trust you Lord I trust Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Jesus thank you Jesus we're going to get ready to lift our voice again one more time in this place together as one people because I still believe God's fixing to do something I I want to just expound it's not to add to it it's just I want to bring something to our attention so we don't miss but since we have two kids I, I kind of know the process and I want to just tell you, they they tell you, you know, they, they created a book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And you could go through that and you could begin to look and see, well, at this stage, this should be going on. And sometimes it was right on, sometimes it was close, or so maybe a little off, but you would look and see so you would have an idea. And, but I know that the doctors would begin to step in and say, forget about the books or anything else, but here's what you can expect when that day is coming. There's certain things that are going to happen, and there's certain things that you're going to feel, and there's going to be some pain, and we'll do all we can to help alleviate that, but that that pain is actually necessary. It lets you know that something's about to be born, and it causes you to react in a way. When you feel that, then you react, and they, they give you instruction and say, this is what's got to happen. There's some travailing. That's going to go on before that child is actually born. The scripture says that when Zion travails. Zion, God's people. When God's people travail. Things are born. Children are born. And, and I believe tonight that what you need to realize is that there's going to be some travailing. That we want our promises served up with, with sugar and cream. But sometimes it's going to come through. You, you read about that great cloud of witnesses. What they went through what they did, what they endured. But when you endure, when you travail, when some things start getting painful, you start crying out. You you get yourself in the position where things can be born. You get yourself ready so things can be birthed. Ah, Come on, somebody. I'm trying to give you a little instruction tonight. Don't just sit there and, and don't do nothing. But when it starts happening, when you start feeling it, when you know, hey, something's coming on, you start lifting your voice, you start crying out, you start travailing, oh, I want to see this child, I want to see this miracle, I want to see this ministry. We just want God to serve it up on a silver platter. He said, I've already let it be conceived in you. It's been growing in you. But now you feel it. I need you to start crying out. I want to see this child. I want to see this miracle. I want to see this ministry. I want to see this deliverance. I want to see this healing. There ain't nothing greater. You read it in the scripture. Women wanted those children. They wanted to see those children. Any woman in here who's ever had a child, by the time that nine months rolled around, you're like, I want to see this child. And you knew it was going to be tough. And it was going to be painful, even a little bit scary. But you wanted to see that child. And so you went to the birthing process. Well, let me tell you, do you want to see that healing? Do you want to see your ministry grow? Do you want to see that miracle? Do you want to see what God has called you to come to pass? Then, honey, start crying out. Start travailing. Start crying out, somebody. Would you lift your hands and lift your voice? Oh, I know you called me. I know you called me. Oh, here I am crying out to you, God.
3: You can't have my. You can't have my. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't have my. You can't have my family. No, 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 no. You can't have my increase. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my. You can't have my. I plead, I plead the blood I don't feel fighting fighting for the the Lord Lord. You You can't can't have my faith Power in the blood. I plead, I plead. The blood. in I plead, I plead. The blood. Power the blood. I plead, I plead. The blood.
0: Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, we don't understand what we're going through sometimes. You know, this... Process of bringing a child into the world, the Bible actually says that there's sorrow involved with it. Now, we don't think that because we have parties and we celebrate it, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we decorate and paint, and we get ready and we get excited, and we pick names. And, but the scripture says that when a woman, when her hours come, there's great sorrow. But that doesn't mean she don't want to see that child. And that doesn't mean she would change anything about it. And whatever you've been going through since God's called you, you've cried. You've wondered why. You've doubted sometimes if it was even worth it. Maybe I should just change my route, change my course. But it said that this woman that's in that sorrow when that child is born, she forgets all about it. Ain't thinking about the sorrow anymore for joy at what's been born. Let me tell you. You may cry after it comes to pass. You're going to cry after that child's born. But on that day, when it's finally in your arms, when that part of it's over with, You're going to rejoice and say, it was worth every bit of morning sickness. It was worth every bit of uncomfortable stuff. It was worth my ankles being swollen up. It was worth me not sleeping. It was worth all of it. Because look what I got. Let me tell you, when God opens that door and you step through and you start preaching the word, when you start laying hands on the sick and see them recover, when those doors start opening up, you're going to say, it was worth every person that doubted me. It was worth every time I cried and fasted and prayed. It was worth all the heartache and pain because now I am doing what God called me to do. Jesus knew about it. The Bible said he was a man of sorrow. But it was through him, the joy, he said, that was going to be on the other side of that cross. Because finally... They'll be able to be born again. Finally, there'll be some new birth. There'll be some new babies and the world will be gone and the sin will be gone and they'll be filled with my spirit. It's going to be worth it all. So I'll take the beating. I'll take the crown of thorns and now let them kill me because I know that it's going to be worth it. So I don't know. It might be making you cry. God, I know you called me to preach. I know you spoke it into me. I know you did, but why am I struggling? Why is it going on like this? Because that's the process. But one day you're going to feel that whoo, Oh, it's time, It's time. This ain't false labor, this ain't uh, something to do. this is it. It's time to go, and you're going to lift your voice and cry out to God, and God is going to give you what He promised. Ooh, I wish we could lift our hands across this room right now and like thankful parents joyful happy parents ha 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 oh 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 I'm I'm taking hold of this this calling of this ministry of this miracle of this deliverance Oh, it's worth it, Lord. I'm sorry if I doubted. I'm sorry if I complained. Because it's worth it all. Oh, thank you for it, Jesus. <laughs> Mm. that's it saints lift your voice let the Holy Ghost talk in this room let the Spirit of God talk in this house right now that's it saints just lift the travail up all over this building begin to groan in the spirit the Holy Ghost is moving in this room if you want to find a place in this altar come and find a place to just travail and cry out for a while the presence of God's in this place (laughs)
5: Shallata ya da da da
0: da 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 ala dala dala bosoto
4: That the Lord would say, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to places where you have been so afraid to go. I'm guiding your steps. I'm lighting the path and I'm leading the way. And I'm holding your hand. The things that I'm about to call on you to do seem impossible and to men they are, Mm -hmm. but with me Mm -hmm. nothing Uh is impossible,
5: you will do exploits.
4: You will light the path for those that have been in darkness for so long they don't remember what the light looks like anymore, and they are starving and they are afraid, but you are going to be the light that I need in this dark world. I am going to light the path. I'm going to lead the way. I'm holding your hand.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Do, Do, let's not lift yes. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Lift your hands and love the Lord in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Receive the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> God, we praise you in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It seems like I just keep hearing the, the, the words in my mind. I feel like the Lord would want this church to know as a whole to every individual that the years of, of barrenness are over. Even as Sarah endured, laid into her life, watching others, seeing others rejoice in what they were having, families, and raising and doing. Uh, many, even here tonight, have walked on some roads that have been long and have been lonely. And you wondered would it ever be anything but barrenness and would anything ever come to pass but I'm telling you tonight that even as Sarah grew into her old age God used her to bring forth the promise and the scripture records it she counted him faithful who had promised so tonight I believe that you can just believe that God will do What he said he will do. It's going to come to pass. And the years of barrenness are at an end. The end of the world's at hand. That's not just me making something up. The apostle said the same thing the end of all things is at hand. This world may go on for another 10 years, but it will steadily decline in those 10 years. If it goes on 50 years, it will decline. The end of all things is at hand. And the church is going to shine brighter in this day than ever before. And men of God and women of God are going to speak and prophesy and work miracles through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And many shall be turned to righteousness. A key thing that Brother Nathaniel mentioned tonight was that God wanted to see if now with Israel obey him. But Jesus set forth a precedent by being obedient. And the scripture said that by the obedience of one man, many were made righteous. Now, he spoke concerning us that we would do the same things that he did and greater things would we do you have no idea how many you can win you have no idea how many lives you can touch just by being obedient to God quit trying to be so creative and think up ways to trick people just be obedient to God God will do the work Isn't God wonderful? What a wonderful presence of the Lord tonight. Give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I felt like it was going to be a great move of God tonight. I'm glad that you can expect God to do what he'll do. Thank you, Brother Nathaniel, for delivering your heart tonight, delivering the word. (laughs) Tremendous. Thank you for responding. I know how the flesh can be like a victory march. Because some folks want to do a victory march to make a show. But God was doing something different in here tonight. And I appreciate you responding. I don't think it was a single person not out of their seat when this started. I thank God for it. Great things are coming, church. We're going to be dismissed tonight. Remember, Service Sunday. It's going to be a great time. And the Lord invites somebody to church. Let's see God do some great miracles. Pray for those that weren't here, pray for those that are sick. Speak miracles for him in Jesus' name. He can be dismissed tonight. God bless you.